And of course, by the time we'd caught up to the blackguard, we shot them r- right in front of him. <laughs> oh, the face he made, the tears, they will, they will refresh my, refresh my palate for years to come. Imperialism. Oh. <laughs> no, that, that's terrifying. That is, ever do that again. Oh, there's a dark and uncomfortable way to open a podcast. Some might say it's probably the wrong way to do it. To which we'd say, editing is for pussy. Dark and uncomfortable sounds like my sex life. Welcome, Ooh, welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to the Big Damn Cast. Uh, it's another fine week full of frillics and frolics and twats and twattery and all that nonsense and bollocks. That sounds 100% accurate. It's true, in a way. Uh, I am one of the voices you'll be hearing for the next six hours, uh, Hercule Gimboid. <laughs> I'm Arnold Judas Rimmer. B-S-C-S-S-E. B-S-C-S-S-E, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How could I forget? Don't forget your qualifications. It's very important. Um, <laughs> before we begin, I've uh, got a few things to talk about. Some trailers. We're also getting down and dirty with the, uh, the, the fossils of, of cinema. Uh, with a bit of a Jurassic Park retrospective before <laughs> Fallen Kingdom comes out. I thought we were going to do a book club review. Well... <laughs> Getting down and dirty uh, with the great Gatsby this week. Uh, gonna be, uh, but first, before we yeah. forget, a friend of the show, Ginger Luke, writes in quite often. Hello, Luke. Luke has created a short film, which we shall be tweeting out correctly at the right time. So yeah. have a look at our Twitter account, Big Damn Cast, to catch Ginger Luke's short movie. It's a very quirky, fun little romp uh, about working within radio and broadcasting. It's very fun. And it's got Greg Austin from Class in it. Because, you know, why not? So have a little look at that. He's not busy, is he? (laughs) (laughs) He's busy with a, I'm sure, successful audio range of adventures set within the world of Class. Mm. Which is set within the world of Doctor Who. But, uh, yes, no. um, In case you've forgotten, guys, we we didn't like Class. But what we do like is creativity. So check out Ginger Luke's Do we? Retweet on our account. Yes, we do. Because, as the trailers this week have proved... I didn't get the memo! The world is full of original creative ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Asterix. Space. Asterix. I'm being sarcastic. So Let's talk about the trailers that dropped in the earlier half of this week. He's being so caustic. (laughs) Being caustic. I don't know what that means. Uh, Matt, you're a Transformers fan. You're a fan of Transformers. It's been said. By which I mean the franchise uh-huh. as a whole. I, I got around to watching uh, the first two episodes of Toys That Made Us season Most of two. the franchise. So yeah. I've, seen, uh, I've seen the uh, oh, balls. What was one of them? Uh, the first one was... What was it? Oh, God. Um, uh, oh, Star Trek. Yeah. Which was fun because it was mostly an episode saying, yeah, this franchise never really had a no, toy it, thing it going. Just, it was it, kind of shit. It was kind of... The people 90s kept it kind of existed, it. and here's yeah. how we openly manipulated adults into spending money. Yeah. It was like, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we're now going to very quickly sort of go, oh, about the Mingo guy oh. and his time in prison. Um, oh. But then the second episode <laughs> was Transformers, which was fucking enlightening yeah. and I, I, and I feel I, like I could have I watched another whole episode I teared up at the end oh yeah the designer getting the perceptor yeah like just handed it over so... and just like oh my god and the idea that like yeah like a part of him is a part that like, is in this now yeah. like the guys in Japan who were the you know the spearheads who were like okay American company let's work with you let's let's create some shit and, and start handing you over our designs stop buying other people's um, like... I mean, these prototypes out of wood oh they were like, beautiful that's fucking insane I would l- I want to see 
that book of designs and photos are looking through. I want that to be published. Yeah. I would buy that. I love how it took the documentary at least 10 minutes to get into the whole, oh yeah, Megatron's a gun. That caused problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, it took them a while to get into that. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact they weren't, they weren't um, kind to the movie in terms of, yeah, as a marketing decision, we made the dumbest fucking, like the franchise made oh, yeah. the dumbest fucking decision in using the film to kill off the old ro- oh, rotor oh, yeah. just to bring like, the new lot in. But the problem was they then didn't acknowledge how the film was really fucking good for basically a toy commercial. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a very good film. Oh, it's great. But I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so much. It's not a great film. It's bad comedy. It's... Um, oh. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Speaking of bad comedy, um, the Transformers <laughs> franchise uh, has in recent years become a multi-billion dollar vacuum at the cinema uh, 11 years now since Transformers came out I made everyone every casual cinema go go oh, yeah it was kind of fun I made every Transformers fan go fuck is this you say that oh there, there is a die hard fan base for those movies right but is it is, is there a Venn diagram where there's a little pocket in the middle that are both hardcore Transformers fans and hardcore fans of the Transformers movies. It's a Venn diagram, but it transforms into a pie chart. Hey! <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like there's... making that noise. There are some people who are like, will go mad for whatever Transformers media is. The, the some way, people the way, who are very snotty about did in certain, the 90s and early yeah. 2000s where it was just, we'll take what we can get. But then there are some people who are super snotty and um, very into one part mm. of the franchise mm. and will shit on everything else. Are, um, there, are, there, be- are there Beast Wars like um, fanatics who hate the rest of it? Uh, there are more G1 fanatics who hate Beast Wars. Oh. Truck Not Monkey was a was a popular phrase on the internet in the in the early t- in I the mean, late nineties. Technically, technically, it was an ape, so yeah. that's offensive. But um, get your simian. Also, right, <laughs> also the the sub the subset of Transformers fans that really really gets my goat are the folks who are willing to drop like upwards of a hundred hundred and fifty quid on like super. Um, super detailed articulated third party figures hmm. so like unlicensed transformers that have different names but are basically versions of yeah. these characters and then complain that Hasbro's main mainstream stuff is too expensive for what it is those people exist as well oh yeah oh, for Christ's sake they're fun we've spent thousands on these imitation ones over the years and they're better than Hasbro's that are $50 <laughs> <Jeez>. no <laughs> shit Jesus wept. Well, Transformers is uh, sort of considered as a film franchise now that we're five entries in. A bit of a joke by people mm. who really enjoy movies. I mean, they're, 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 there's a popcorn factor to it of just mindless action, but like, separate it, your love of Transformers from yeah. that for now. You've seen one, two. I've seen five. half of three. Some of three, yeah. I've seen three quarters of four. Okay. And I've seen five. I, I, I literally got to a point in five where I was just, I can't follow what's happening. Yeah. Oh, God. I was sat next to you. I could feel it. Just... I could feel it emanating from your very paws. And, in, and in, four, in five, I couldn't get away from that moment because I was sat in the cinema and I don't tend to walk out of films. But we were also but just in... enjoying how Anthony Hopkins didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. And, but in four... <laughs> 
because I was watching it on Netflix, I reached that point and was just like, I'm not watching Mark Wahlberg anymore. I can't what? do it. I think we got to transform. I can't do it. Um, this is terrible. <laughs> but the, the films are like, there's there's some popcorn fun in there. I yeah. can't feel it myself. It's similar to... I see it in a way. For me, it's similar to the X-Men franchise in that it strips... <laughs> Away. Oh my god, you've suffered so much it's, in terms of your favourite things. It strips away everything <laughs> I like about the source material. And goes, this is fine. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, it's not. It's missing all of the things that I and I like about, like, having Peter Cullen voice Optimus Prime does not make up for the fact that He's none of this feels like Transformers. Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh god. It, just, it, it just never, it's never, yeah, it just <laughs> never worked for me. Um, and yet... The film series first spin-off arrives this Christmas. And from what the from what the is going on over at Paramount, it might be the last spin-off. Yeah, because oh. they've taken Transformers mm. Six off the slate. Yeah, um, they've still got the slot for it, I believe, haven't they? No, but it, but, it's, it but it's not it's not necessarily going to be Transformers coming out in that slot in that release oh, slot now. Uh, they've still got a slot. For yeah, the, yeah, but it's not. They removed it from their upcoming slate. Okay. So. Because Michael Bay's busy um, taking weird well, angle shots of himself directing God. like a fucking hero on another film. Well, he's, he said he's not going to do any more. Oh, he will, though. He won't. He will, because it's easy No, because last night didn't make enough money. Yeah, but it's comfortable. Yeah. It's comfortable. Even if it takes, like, ten years, he'll come back and it'll someone be like, who Hey, makes... everyone, the grand return. Someone who like, makes really? movies as expensive as Michael Bay has a different definition of comfort to me and thee. Like, it... However, he is still executive producing and putting his name on Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Which, as far as I can recall, isn't up against much competition this Christmas. Uh, we've got no Star Wars, have we? I was going to say, we've got, uh, Christopher Robin's coming out around Thanksgiving. No Marvel till next year. And Mary Poppins is coming out at Christmas. Oh, Mary no, Poppins no, returns. Next year. I'm going to watch that in August. But it's yeah. not, oh, no, but there's no, there's no, there's no third or fourth quarter Marvel. Yeah. Uh, um, or Star Wars. Um and I yeah. still think if Solo had waited till Christmas, it probably would have done a lot better because people would have got into that tradition thing of every Christmas. Yeah, Star Solo's Wars not go- not doing that great, is it? Nope, it is the first one to make a loss as of this week. Um, it's the first Star Wars film to make a, a loss because it, it's one of the most expensive movies ever made. It cost over three hundred million because they had to reshoot nearly all of it. <laughs> yeah, and it is not making anywhere because to make even break even, it needs to make at least this is the three hundred million. Plus, usually you double that for the marketing, roughly. Chuck on another, like, third of the original price for safety. So it needs to make, like, $700 million for it to be... It's never going to happen. ...profit. So for it to break even and start to make profit, and it's nowhere near that. Um, and the thing is, it's not even a bad movie, but it's not exceptional enough... No. For, ...for word of mouth to bring people to it. Yeah. And it's not... I think MovieBob did a video on this um, a couple of days ago, which yeah. is kind of out of hands. It's like, people... Who there are plenty of people who will turn around and say, "I like Star Wars. My favorite character is Han Solo." They don't want to see a movie about Han Solo, yeah. Because when they say my favorite character is Han Solo, what they actually mean is Harrison Ford is a charming movie star, and I like seeing him do space things in those space movies that I like, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, like it's it's. I'm not I'm not going to get into that gatekeepery attitude of like, oh well, you're not a big enough fan. Because that's bullshit, and wow. it's a shitty way to be. But those kind of there's going to be a lot of those people who consider themselves Star Wars fans who aren't interested in a Han Solo movie, and that's fine. Now Paramount's attempting something like this. Yeah, with Bumblebee. 
It's taken us so long to actually get round to that, hasn't it? No, but it's, hey, this is good. Yeah. It's a discussion of film as it is and how it stands yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Like how Bumblebee is clearly just a fucking loose remake of the first Transformers and the Iron Giant. Based on the trailer. Yes. It's it's set... Now, now the rumours were originally that this movie was going to be set um, around the same time of the flashback from Transformers Last Night. Oh, the World War which, II Which one. sounded a bit too bleak. Because it was yeah. like, that's a fucking bleak story to tell. And then the rumours were, oh, he's been seen on set, he's a Volkswagen Beetle, it's going to be set in the 60s or early 70s. To which I believe our response when we first saw that was, okay, that could be interesting. Like, no, not many other Transformers are hanging around. And, yeah. uh, except, obviously, they are, because Michael Bay's now established they've been around since the freaking di- age of the dinosaurs and King Arthur existed and they yeah. were around King then Arthur and was blah, a thing. blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, like Bumblebee and maybe a couple of other Transformers popping up in a story set in the 70s that could be kind of kooky. All right. Uh, It's confirmed. It's set in uh, 1987. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it'll be, be, when it comes out, it'll be 21 years. Mm -hmm. 21 years? Yeah. That's all right. 31 years. 31 years. Jesus, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's because I I don't know about you, but when I think of like, when I do shorthand maths in my head, I still think we're in the 2000s, not the 2010s. I wish I was still 20. I wish my blood pressure was what it was. Hey! But it's it's just like holy shit. Like okay, so you're not that nostalgic, but they keep, they're they're also buttoning on the cycle of nostalgia. It's set in 1987 years. because Stranger Things happened. Yeah, that's that's pretty much why. That's, However, that's why it's set in 1987. The main character's clothing looks like a modern day interpretation of 80s. Yeah, stuff. I guess. Like, I mean, right down to like the cut of her shorts and things like that. It's like the sort of stuff you buy now. The, yeah. the, the clothes that are nostalgic for them. But they didn't have much of a costume budget. I went on Bumblebee. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Though. The trailer from the aesthetic, what people are wearing, and the, and the settings, it doesn't scream 80s to no. me at all. Um, Bumblebee is based on a car from the 60s, like 50s and 60s. And again, like how he was in the first Transformers, he's knackered and in hiding mm-hmm. and someone buys him and is trying to buff him up and make him look good again. Well, they even have in the trailer, the they have a version of this dialogue that Bernie Mac says when Sam gets Bumblebee in the first Transformers movie. Yeah. The car doesn't choose the driver. The driver, the driver doesn't choose the car. The car chooses the driver. Yeah. Like, that's some great, iconic, memorable, <laughs> motivational quote. And I get it. Yeah, the driver doesn't choose the car. The car chooses the driver, especially no. if it's a sentient creature that's disguised yeah. like a motor vehicle that's been also, hibernation for many years on Earth and is looking for somebody to go on an adventure with in this motion picture. Bumblebee, have this Thanksgiving. Also, that Bernie Mac character in the first movie was a prick. Yeah. So, yeah. fuck that guy. Now, on the upside, who's the main actor again for this one? Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Decent work before, but obviously yeah. a young actor, so still kind of in that proving ground. Hopefully she's given decent enough material to work I with. I just really hope they don't go down the Age of Extinction route of making a eye candy and overly sexualized. Oh, Christ, because Age of Extinction, like, the lead female is meant to be, like, 16, yeah. 17. Because her boyfriend has that Romeo and Juliet law card. Yeah. That he flashes out whenever people, like... But you're dating but, but, a minor. He's like, but, actually, in these states, it's perfect, and it, it's just, it's, it's like just <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah, but this is still gross. And then, it's and then number five, gross. like, there's several scenes of the teenage boys like lusting after oh, the teenage yeah, girl, yeah. and they're all about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. It's like, look, this humor, this humor would be charming if it was a movie about kids, but it's not a movie about kids. Mm. 
kind of creepy. Mm. <laughs> like, if it was all about kids, then it's about, oh, what it's like being a teenager and first falling in love and having feelings and awakenings. And it's not about that. You're just yeah. having 13-year-olds make sexual references to another 13-year-old. This is creepy. Well, Hanley Steinfeld's 22, so it depends what age she's playing in this movie. But she's it looks probably, like she's playing a teenager. She's probably so. playing a 17-year-old. Let's not... Let's, yeah. let's have less sexualization please please bae um, uh, unless of course it's for the uh, military character because John Cena's in it which makes me slightly I didn't more see him sorry 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 oh your time is up I had to your time is now I can't do this who's directing Bumblebee it's um, Travis Knight who's done the last night oh Travis Knight who directed Kubo and the Two Strings, which apparently was very, very good. Interesting. Um, and he but does a stop-motion worked... director translate easily to a live-action director? Well, he's worked as an animator on Kubo and the Two Strings, Box Trolls, he was a lead animator on. He was a lead animator on Paranorman, lead, am- lead animator on Coraline. Okay. Um, well, he's got a visual eye, then. Yeah. Sure. This trailer doesn't necessarily show a big visual sort of shift it doesn't it's look more tonal like, isn't it it doesn't look like the earth is going to get blown up at any point which is nice yeah that's it, look, it, it looks like it doesn't look like there's any cities getting leveled story. like the the, the, like the biggest action set piece we see is is B catching a helicopter mm. also it looks like we're getting it looks like we're getting a red star scream yes which I like and it would be nice because they might get to flesh out Starscream a bit instead of imply his uh, sort of traditional characteristics in the other movies. It's just it, I, I was reading up on it like after I watched the trailer last night. I was just like, I'm curious. And I was reading up and I was like, does because again, like I've only seen I I watched one at number one at five a.m. after a house party where two of us were still awake and we just put Transformers on and I fell asleep during the last act. I watched two in the cinema with you. Yeah. And I remember going fucking hell. What in the fucking abomination that was, that it was. was terrible um it was just the worst i mean for christ's sake what's the what's the giant combiner is it devastator, devastator. yeah he had testicles yeah that was a thing that they did in the they movie. Did a testicle joke um, in too. and skids and mud flap oh those cunts let's not even get started on that. the racist autobot twins yeah yeah uh, and then i saw number five and yeah my i was like right so i, I don't recall starscream being in the others but that's because the the decepticons and the autobots don't really have any actual freaking identity no he dies they're, they're all just they're all just meshes of scrap metal uh no, I, I wicked it i think he's in he's in one two he's in part of three and three's the only bit where he sort of shows a bit of the character yeah. we know because starscream for those who don't know and i i really don't know this as well as matt but like starscream is usually usually cast as like Megatron's right hand man but he's, he's also, trying to usurp yeah, him always then... he's trying to overthrow Megatron so in the third one he finally sort of jokes about Megatron's weakened state and then Megatron yeah. like punches him out or something and that's like it it's like that's your reference to him and then he's dead his head is seen in the fourth one and then his head not is that seen... you can tell and then his head is seen in the fifth one because Megatron uh, sorry now Galvatron no, he's Megatron again in the fifth one, isn't he? Yeah, but he's Galvatron, Galvatron in the fourth one, and then he's Megatron for no reason again in the fifth one. Yeah, Megatron holds Starscream's head and says, like, oh, goodbye, my treacherous friend, and then, like, throws the head down. It's like, right. okay. he was never treacherous in these movies. Bumblebee might give us the chance to see something yeah. interesting, finally. He might get yeah, to... maybe. It'd be, ni- it'd be nice if, if Megatron and the majority of the Decepticons aren't involved, and it's just, like, these couple have been sent, like, whoever the helicopter is, and Starscream have been sent to, like... I don't think that helicopter's a Transformer. I think that's just a helicopter. I kind of hope it's a Transformer. 
Because it looks all burnt out. It looks like it's just a shell of a helicopter that's been shot down. Or exactly. I want it to be a roasted dead Transformer. <laughs> I want it to be a I, dead ass Transformer. I like Bumblebee's redesign. I don't want to say I like them, but I <laughs> I hate them less. Yeah. Bumblebee's still cursed with that face. That weird fucking face weird fucking got. face. Um, and it looks like Starscream is as well. Assuming that is Starscream, mm. I really can't tell. Colorwise, it looks like it might be Starscream. We hope um, it is. I we hope, hope it's Starscream. It um, <laughs> it'll be fucking Dirge or something or Ramjet. It should be if he's going red. It should be Dirge because he's maroon. But they'll do Ramjet, who's fucking white, because they don't really care. You hate whites, um, famously. I do. I do hate whites. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, first boys and girls. Yeah. Matthew Watson hates whites. White genocide. Oh God. Um. Um. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Matt wants the whites out of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, uh, so cultural yeah. Marxism. Oh god. But yeah. So uh, probably yeah. I know what you mean. He's rounder. He's got more sort of like less less of the gears and the shifting silver. He looked more of the yellow curved plate in. Like he looks more yeah. like a cartoon, albeit with that face. Yeah. However, he does have like a mask variant, like a helmet variant that looks like a bee. He's always had that. But it looks nice, like it, yeah, with, with with the full. There's a nice shot in the thing where he sort of stood in the, in an open space and he like turns around and he's like, holding some or whatever. Well, the, and he's got the mask on. It's like, oh, he looks like a cartoony Transformers character. The this traditional nice. Bumblebee look. He has little horns. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but don't gotta get rid of that. Ten little horns. Get rid of the two horns. Too faggy. <laughs> too faggy. Get rid of the two horns. Too I don't want to see him fly. I don't want to see him fly. Um, <laughs> no capes. <laughs> No caps. Um, um, yeah. It looks. It looks like it might be all right if they keep the stakes low, yeah. and they actually write some characters for these yeah. actors to play. Mm. Um, the designs look better. Yeah. Um, it could be fun. Yeah. Uh, but again, I just it's just the fact that it's not straying too far from the formula of it's almost the plot of the first act of the first movie. Yeah. And look, here's the nasty military getting involved. Yeah. Can we have a Transformers film without the military? Well, it depends that how... That would be nice. It depends... But of course, we have to have it because Michael Bay jerks their cocks. Well, and also, this so is clearly... So they with lots of stuff. This is clearly a prequel to... The first one. The first movie. But it'll be interesting to see whether they play it as a straight prequel or they use it as a jumping off point for a reboot. I, th- I think they won't be able to resist tying it into the others so they can claim they have a cinematic universe. Well, I mean, it's the same design for Bumblebee. It's yeah. just tweaked oh so. no but, but I mean I mean, they will put so many leads they'll solo it they'll chuck a couple of things in to be yes. like ah see ah look at these dice oh look who's in charge of freaking um whatever the hell the thing is called Crimson, Crimson Dawn oh see we're tying it into the other thing like whereas it would be it would benefit by being separate and just having a wink and a nod to something else but but but, but they'll want to claim it's a cinematic universe so they'll make a point of doing it they can't, yeah, they though can't that's how this movie got its start. They had a mm. Transformers writers room all working on spin-offs, and then yeah. that got shelved just before the last. I mean, night talk came about out. franchise fatigue, though. Do you know what I mean? Like Transformers spin-offs. So this one's about a film, right, where someone discovers a vehicle that's a robot, and this one's about a film where someone discovers there's a vehicle, right? But guess what? This vehicle, it's a robot. Based on what their view, based yeah. on what their view of Transformers is, that that team that've been making these movies, Transformers is one story told a million thousand, a hundred times, the exact same thing. 
whereas obviously if they looked to the source material or asked like a, a script writer screenwriter who's a fan of Transformers they could be like oh shit why not try this yeah. why not try that that's why the okay, idea- we're at that point let's do a prequel Let's just do Beast Wars. That's, Let's do a Beast Wars movie. Fuck it. There you go. That's right. one of the reasons why the IDW comics are so good. Mm. Is because they're written by people who grew, grew up with, with a love for the yeah. property. Would you um, watch a Beast Wars film? A live action Beast Wars movie? Yeah. But the guy, the one of the producers, the main... Roberto mm. Orsi? Roberto Orsi. Well, we gotta say. It might have been him. Someone who was a, a, a producer on the film has said like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do... We're not going to do that, I don't think, because it just doesn't make sense to me. Ah! All right, cool. Ah! They're robots. They're animals. Eh, it doesn't work. Okay, whatever. But what about that weird pretender God. that you had in the second one, the yeah. hot girl who was also a transformer? Just but hot, do, hot, hot, can, girl, hot girl hentai tongue. But we but we can't we can't do uh, we can't do animals that are also transformers. That's just too weird. Wouldn't work. By the way, here's a dinosaur. And, K- and King Arthur. Ah, yeah. Also dragons. And drunk Stanley Tucci. Um, so, yeah, I just... So and the Earth is Unicron! Oh, cr- oh, of course they set up that button yeah. at the end, don't they? Well, that's from Transformers Prime. Which will never get resolved. They, we'll they, get they've already done that in Transformers Prime, the cartoon, mm. which is very heavily influenced by the movie designs. But it's better written than any of the movies, despite being a children's show. Can I say, as an outsider, I hate the Transformers story trope of oh they've always been here here's the thing which the movies really yeah. cashes in on because you, it's alright to do that once but to do it the way the movies have done it it's like the whole Clara in Doctor Who thing of oh she's always influenced yeah. his life it's like no well the original idea let, let was let Earth be something that gets dragged into this the original idea mistake. was is that a bunch of them crash on Earth four million years ago yeah and then um Volcanic eruption wakes them up in eighty four. Yeah, boom, that's fine. Yeah, like that's, that's fine. What, that's all you need to do. But it's I tweeted this week about the Venom thing. Whenever someone does a Venom or a Carnage comic, they always do. What if the symbiote attached to this character? I'm like, that yeah. was fun for the first three or four times. If I ever see it again, I'm gonna hurt something. Then I picked up Amazing Spider-Man eight hundred this week, and uh, I flicked through it a bit because I'm behind. I've been reading it in the trades, so I'm like three story arcs behind. Yeah, and the trades are coming out. At, really slowly all of a sudden probably because they've anticipated there might be a slowdown in production of it as it changes hands I don't know why but Green Goblin is now the Red Goblin because he's merged with the Carnage symbiote and I'm like I really like Dan's writing I'm probably going to enjoy this I need to just forget this yeah. I need to just forget this being a thing I need to forget that this is something that annoys me it's because it's some uh, Ultimate Spider-Man clips popped up on my YouTube this week and I was like what the f*** is that and I watched it and it's like oh, this person's with Carnage and oh, this person's Venom and the Venom merges with this character it's just like is that it? That is that the sounds... only idea we've got? But I'm a sucker for Osborne and Parker, so damn it, I'll probably get through it. So, oh well. Um, Anywho. So, how's this for a movie idea? Oh, hit me. Chris, how's this for a movie idea? What we're gonna Ow! Do is... You hit me! <laughs> well, and now here's my movie idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> how about we take... Um, Sugar! A bunch of pop culture properties, mm. um, entertainment brands, yeah. all sorts of stuff, and we contrive some sort of online world in which our characters can go and and sort of interact with all these properties all at once. And you'll be dazzled by familiar sights of of things like oh I don't know say right. the okay, stormtroopers from let me, Star. Let me stop yeah. you there. Yeah. We saw this movie a few weeks ago. Ready Player One. 
Oh. Yeah. So go on, pitch, pitch me something oh, else. It, pitch, it, pitch me something else. Pitch me oh, something else. Okay, so um, <laughs> we've got two characters, right? Okay, two characters, yeah. And yeah. they're going to escape right. from their little self-contained world into a much larger world and be okay. overwhelmed by all these things like, that are familiar to us but unfamiliar to them okay can I stop you there yeah uh, this came out last year okay it's called the emoji movie um oh sort of sort of done that uh okay right too um um you said something about different properties yeah 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 all of them being together in the same yeah yeah so you'll look over and you get things like Star Wars and and, and and the Disney princesses okay can I stop you there yeah this is the Lego movie this came out about three years ago um, I think I, you're gonna have to you're gonna have, you're gonna have to stretch here because these all sound like they've been they've been done. Do you have anything else at all? We're gonna do them better. Okay, what have you got? <laughs> <laughs> this is Wreck It Ralph two. <laughs> Colon Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, it yeah it. You're probably assuming from our little. Um, Albert and Costello in 2018 routine there, but, um, <laughs> we we're sort of a bit cynical about this but I I, I don't know, I'm, I know I, it I, looks like fun, it looks fun. And, and, and it is unfortunately an idea that has now been done a lot over the last few years in video games and now cinema and it looks like it's going to be done again next year because after this we've got the Lego Movie 2 the second yeah, part trailer to talk about is the same bloody thing but Okay, so Wreck-It Ralph's set in an arcade and yeah. it's about one character deciding he doesn't want to just be pigeonholed as a baddie. So he, the, all the machines can sort of connect to each other and he goes into different stories to find his place and all that stuff. And blah, blah, blah. I know who he is and he meets a friend who's a glitch and Alan Tudgett basically does an Edward impression and it's great. A lot of fun. Spawn of a glitch. Then this movie is, from what we learned about it at D23 a couple of years ago when they announced it and I think even our reaction then early days of the podcast was, what? Um, but the, the 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 basic premise is the arcade upgrades a bit and they get Wi-Fi in there. Mm-hmm. And we don't know why they're doing it yet, but they go into the internet. Probably It's probably going to be something to save the arcade. It'll be something to save the arcade. I don't know. From the trailer, it looks like they're just exploring. No, there'll be, there'll be a ticking clock. They, 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 they have to because it's a kid's film. They, they've got to give it something where the kid's like, they've got to do that. It would be fun if it was just them casually exploring. The balls on them if it was just them walking around chilling. But then they get lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But uh, Vanellope and Ralph go into the internet. And it looks very much like... If you were to just describe it when they arrive, it's like, oh, so it's the Emoji Movie. Or, oh, it's Ready Player One. I mean, I think Ready Player One's a closer example because it's there's at least a, a visual beauty to the layout well, when of, you of the saw, world yeah. of the internet. When, you saw, when I saw like the, the layout of stuff in this trailer, and particularly like the Disney world area where yeah. it's like all these Star Wars things and mm. Marvel things. And a giant and... Kermit over a Muppet oh, bit, which made me happy because I was like, yay, they're acknowledging that the Muppets is one of their big properties. Yay! They should embrace it. You see that spread out and there's a, there's a, a Disney hat like the uh, monument that used to be at Hollywood Studios in Florida yeah. in the middle representing Disney animation. Yeah. And then there's um, like Millennium Falcon floating above a Star Wars thing and there's Iron Man's like glove floating above a Marvel superheroes and there's a Pixar column with the lamp on it mm-hmm. and then fucking Kermit the Frog. And I'm like, yes, thank you. They better be in this fucking movie. He's very happy about it. You this. better put the movie, the Muppets in this movie. You better put the movie up my Muppet hole. Uh, what? Yeah, what? Eeyore, Dumbo, Hero. Eeyore. 
Stormtroopers, Iron Man, uh, the Disney princesses, minus Kida. Got a problem with that, but anyway. Um, Atlantis has been forgotten. She annoys me because it's a great movie and she's technically a Disney princess. Elsa's not even a Disney princess. She's a queen. You're well, she'd get to fuck, Elsa. You're get out. You're the only person who likes Atlantis. No, I'm not. No, no, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm also one of a very small amount of people, admittedly, who really like Treasure Planet as well. Christopher? Um, yes? I've never seen Atlantis. Have you never seen it? I've also never seen Treasure Planet. Oh my, right. Treasure Planet. I remember really, them coming out. Really short history lesson. So the two guys who uh, came up with the idea oh, of the I know the history behind it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, of course you'll have seen Hercules Disney's Hot Beautiful Mess yeah. yeah the Lindsay Ellis video exactly. there we go so yeah like that was their passion project and it just kept getting put back and put back, yeah, and, put back. Yeah. and then when they eventually put it out it was during that weird cool down period where the renaissance was over and Disney were experimenting with genre films so no one watched it and also Tarzan kind CGI of CGI Tarzan sort of started to, the decline yeah. weirdly and yeah and see and then, and then after that it was like I think Home on the Range was the last animated one and then Chicken before, Little came from, out before Bob uh, from Princess Princess and Frog yeah which was the one like dip back in they, it's uh, weird seeing the animated appearance of princesses like Tiana in, in CGI yeah some of them translate really well because the CGI princesses of modern day have used the animators sensibilities from the 90s stuff in particular when designing like Anna and Elsa yeah. and, and, and um, Rapunzel so some of them translate really nicely in this trailer you look at them and you go that works some of them look really odd because they've cartooned them up more Snow White looks really strange mm. because Snow White was drawn very the early princesses were drawn very realistically well, because, because they were rotoscoped yeah exactly yeah. so like actors perform it out and then they use that as exact reference well, they just traced over it yeah um, I mean some bits straight up and then other bits like seven dwarves and that they fill in and they yeah, create yeah. them from scratch but yeah it's, it's like the, the, the human character the humanoid characters in terms of you know sort of like the ones they wanted to be the romantic leads yeah they, they rotoscoped so it is weird seeing them tweaked but it's also kind of cool because it's like oh are we going to start to see that in the marketing now because some of these characters don't get used in the modern marketing for Disney products mm. because they look different so are we going to start to see them pop up now but also where the fuck is Kida uh, <laughs> anyway Really bugs me. She's a Disney princess, goddammit. Um, she and um, oh, Giselle from Enchanted got dropped. During the release of their movies, they were there in the Disney princess marketing and look at them, aren't they awesome? And here's like their look as part of the Disney princess line and then they were dropped. Cool. I was like, oh, okay. I keep forgetting about Enchanted. Maybe it's just the marketing people keep yeah. getting out. And Merida's a freaking hybrid because she's a Pixar character, but she also is technically a Disney princess. She too. is, yeah, she is. And she it is looks like in this Disney. they've gone back to her Pixar. Although she's got, she, again, she looks slightly different. Yeah. But they've not done what they did to her a couple of years ago when they added to the princess line and in the merchandising they made her sort of look a bit older and a bit more sassy and a little more, I hesitate to use the word, but this is what they did they sexed her up a bit uh, and it was like she's meant to be 14 what the fuck are you doing but if you really want to look into all that guys Ariel's meant to be 15 uh, um, however she's had films since where she's clearly at least 10 years older so you can use that as a get around whatever point is it looks quirky and they look hilarious the Stormtroopers look good First Order style weren't they Stormtroopers always look good that's very true um, Dumbo in a very brief you can see him flying over the little crowd he looks really cute yeah that character at the end, the one who they have the discussion with, is called Yes, spelt two S's, which I think is kind of nice. Hmm. Like, when people just shot and go, Yes, and people online have been saying, Why isn't she called Yes? But it's like that might die out, so whatever. Yeah, I suppose. But I like the fact the trailer ends with them acknowledging the title beef everyone had when the yes. film was announced. Why is it not called Ralph Rex the Internet? Yeah. 
and they even say to her like isn't that a better title she goes probably <laughs> it's like okay fair enough is this film going to age really yes. badly do you think yes because it does look like meme culture is in there yes um, it's not explicitly but like stuff like that for example like, the, I think this film's already dated by its title yeah because yeah. breaks the internet hasn't been a thing since Kim Kardashian that Kim Kardashian champagne glass on her ass. yeah that Kim Kardashian photo shoot was what three years ago two or three years, years ago? ago two three years ago because they tried to do it with the same magazine did a shoot with Nicki Minaj last year uh, the one where all the photos it was like three or four versions of herself sort of like lounging on each other oh yeah yeah and yeah. they called it Nicki Minaj Breaks the Internet and it just didn't catch on the same way no. um, probably because like as ridiculous as she can be she's a talented individual who actually makes interesting creative stuff whereas the Kim Kardashian thing was ridiculous because it was like really like it was a mix of people who go I love her this is great and other people going really like what? What is that? Yeah. What? Why is there a champagne glass on her arm? But what it was, was getting attention, this about? and no attention is bad attention on the internet. Yeah. So, la la la. I think it looks fun, even if the formula is a bit samey. Yeah. To recent stuff. Speaking of which, the Lego Movie Two, the second part. Yeah. Which is weird because we kept thinking it'd be called the second piece, and then the tagline appears um, on the poster that came out today to coincide with the trailer. The tagline is "They come in pieces." Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can see why you held that back. Oh, the Lego Movie 2, we see a post-apocalyptic Lego movie world <laughs> that's all mad maxed up. <laughs> which Emmett is completely ignoring, yeah. because he's Emmett. Two coffees, please. One black and one with a pinch of cream and 28 sugars. <laughs> it's like, just okay. Chris Pratt being maximum Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> looks great fun. It does. It looks like they're being invaded by the Lego friends. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically like an alien sort of emissary yeah. or something. That, like, yeah. They don't go into it in the trailer, but the look of the minifigures yeah. is... It, it's a Lego friends minifigure, but it's in like a space helmet, and they use a, a, a talking heart as a bomb. It just goes, ah! <laughs> it explodes. And all... <laughs> All their Lego is is pink and white and, and like and metallic colours, yeah. And, and, um, and also the fact that it's sort of we were saying is it are they expanded on the last joke of the original movie where it's like everything's fine and then the sisters Duplo appears and they're like really yeah. fucked up aliens basically just like Aah! yeah. It's like are they expanding on the idea that the two to- the toys in the I house think, are now I merging? Think they are. I think they are. Which yeah. is kind of a fun idea because so of course be if the sister's a bit older she would be playing with Lego friends rather than Duplo. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Batman's back. Uh, Spaceman's back. Uh, Unikitty's back. I think the pirate. I can't remember his name. Metalbeard. I think he was in yeah. the trailer. I can't recall though. But... Unikitty's got a lot bigger. I think. Yes. Unikitty's had an animated series since. Has she? Yeah, and they don't explicitly refer to it as Lego, which makes me think that it's there's some kind of um, button heads in terms of the animation hmm. company making it and it being seen too much as advertising. So like, it's just called Unikitty. And who was it voice you? Alison Brie. Yeah. Like I think she voices are still in the animated show, yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay, and it's just about quirky, weird adventures. Weird. And there's no other Lego characters in it. It's just set in the Unikitty world, and it's like, okay, weird, weird, weird. Um, how strange. This one, as far as the trailer goes, it seems to be downplaying the franchise crossover thing. It's more about just what these characters are doing now. Like the most franchise crossover you get in terms of brands is just, oh, there's Batman still. Yeah. So, because good luck having uh, <laughs> this movie without Batman. Yeah, Lego Ninja, Lego Ninjago probably would have done better. 
was like were like a Batman in it as well. Yeah, Legend of Jagger was pretty good though, and it's mm. it's a hell of a lot better than this show, that's for sure. Yeah, oh god. Well, simplify the mythology and make it into one sort of action comedy movie. Yeah, oh, there you go. Um, Slide the mask. So, um, the last blood. So, I mean, I yeah, the trailer made me chuckle quite a bit. There's a few moments in it that. Again, the humor's stupid. There's only one joke that fell flat for me in the trailer, and that's when Emmett's just dancing. And he's like, oh, that's a fun beat. Listen, oh, yeah, he's dancing. He's like, yeah, because that's he a makes very the joke, dreamworksy to, joke. To Beastie Boys and to Galactic before the actual beat comes in. That might very work true. in the movie. Yeah. But the way the music is edited into the trailer, it doesn't work because the beat's not come in yet. Goddamn. But three movies, all of which are proving that Hollywood is definitely full of original ideas. Asterix. No, the Asterix movie isn't out. The trailer's not out. <laughs> is that happening still? I, think I know so. there was one in development, wasn't there? I think I saw a poster for it. It probably, it's probably like the Woody Woodpecker film. It's probably already been and gone yeah. in Belgium and France. And it's animated. And then it's we'll not, get, and then we'll get a dub of it. It's not the live-action Gerard Depardieu ones. Oh God, it was that Gerard Depardieu. He was um, Obelix. <gasps> of course. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> Mind you, he's a massive star there, isn't he? he? Is like, he's huge, a big name, and, and he is also a huge he's star. A huge star. <laughs> Oh my god, not about that. Um, yeah. For our younger listeners, there are comics made outside of the UK and the US that exist. Oh, Go the, and look them up. Um, graphic like, comics are huge in mm. France. There's a place like, in, um, I, think, I think it's in Belgium, because um, Ed and Ben went there for an all over the place shoot a couple of series ago, but there's like a, a town where they've got, um, I think it's in Belgium, but they've got like memorials yeah. and, 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 and patterns painted all down this street on all of the buildings homaging big comics things like Asterix and Popeye yeah. uh, that, that, that sort of comic strip Felix, style Felix the Cat in particular yeah. is massive the, the bon Felix Destiny. is massive in Germany I think it's, I think so it's sort of central Europe but like yeah. France you've got um, France and Belgium have uh, Valerian that's the French yeah they French oh book. god yeah um, oh, that, you know, I never looked up how that did financially the movie version over oh, there. It's on Netflix now, though, so I should probably give it a watch. Yeah, um, and watch they... Dane looks like he's always sweating to harm <laughs> in the lead role. Um, <laughs> such an as an action hero. Um, <laughs> Tintin. Yes, Belgium. of course. Yeah, um, can't forget Tintin. And I just say Asterix. Moomins. Um, they're massive in like Finland and stuff. What? Moomins. Moomins. Uh, yeah. That's Tell Janice and stuff. That's I massive think, out there. I think that's more of an illustrated book than a Oh, they've been comics. Comic, though. They've been comics. Graphic yeah. novels and stuff. Well, yeah. Cause animated shows. Bar Bar. That's another one. Bar Bar. But it's, yeah, it's more... Bar Bar Bar. The, 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 the Euro comic scene is more sort of adventure stories and, yeah. and uh, fantasy stuff rather than superhero. Superheroes are uh, almost uniquely American invention in fact I would, I would argue that they are America's only real true export America's mythology basically mm. yeah. Mo- modern, modern Greek mythology modern Greek myth the difference being that we yeah. don't believe their stories that happen we know they're fiction yeah whereas mm. obviously Greek myths a lot of them are like no these are these, this shit happened <laughs> mystical shit's out there guys and, <laughs> and then the Kratos killed them all <laughs> yeah and then got bored and moved on to the fucking <laughs> to the Norse um, the next game will probably rock up and start smashing up Neil Gaiman's new gods or some shit. I don't know. Speaking of getting bored and moving on, uh, let's talk about Jurassic. <laughs> hey, hey, Savage. Let's talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah, because, because Jurassic uh, World: Fallen Kingdom is out. The sixth movie. The sixth Jurassic. No, fifth. Well done, maths. Yes. The fifth Jurassic Park movie. It's out is like the out. day this podcast comes out, so we haven't had a yeah. chance to see it before we record. So we're going to talk about Jura- what we think about Jurassic World colon fallen kingdom next next week. week but this week we're going to talk about what we think about 
the franchise of the what? Jurassic Park. The milky, milky teats. The juice. milky, milky teats of those Jurassic Park breasts. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Get it in my throat. 1993. What a year. We're both very young. We're tiny uh, toddler boys. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Direct. That was our podcast back then, the Toddler yes. Boys. The Toddler Boys. Um, before we had no microphone. We had that microphone that when you shout into it, it makes your voice go. Distort it. yourself. I had a little tape recorder. Did you? Yeah. I like a little Fisher Price tape recorder. You, you, you had a fucking. You had a fucking proton pack and a ghost yeah. trap. I also had a proton pack and a ghost trap. <laughs> um, and I know. And I know true. because I played with it. Yet probably never met you. Yeah. I played with your toys because occasionally you would leave them Always. at my cousins because they would have with they would have one extra proton pack that uh, wasn't theirs it was mine what a weird thought the real Ghostbusters um, yeah. that's, that's a weird just, it just struck me how odd that is we, seren- were, we were unknowingly sharing toys serendipity before we ever met serendipity oh, um, I pooed in it I didn't that explains a lot actually um <laughs> What was Spielberg anyway, doing that year? Was he, Spielberg, was he borrowing your prompt? He was. He had directed an adaptation of Michael Crichton's novel, Jurassic Park. <coughs> Can I just stop you already and say thank you for pronouncing his name right? Well, well, so many people call him Crichton. No, no, Michael Crichton. It's Crichton. It's Crichton. But it sort of looks a bit like Crichton. People say Michael Crichton. Crichton. It's like it was Crichton. It's one of those weird names that isn't said how it's spelled. Yeah. It's so, like... Mathlame. I I spell M A T T H E W. Yeah, that's. Yonko spelled C H R I S T O P H E R. Oh, God. That feels like abuse in a way. I remember Jurassic Park coming out, and I remember seeing it at the cinema, and I remember having my little five year old socks blown off. Oh, creepy. That was awesome when it came out and you know what it still fucking holds up today there are some dodgy cgi shots can i can i guess them before you even say it there's at least two that are really dodgy okay yeah one of them is the final confrontation with the two raptors and the t-rex appearing yeah and it's roaring in the banner which which looks great on its own yeah (laughs) but the daylight does not yeah. both well. the dodgy shots are in daylight funnily the enough. other one is the first reveal of the Brachiosaurus yeah. which again yeah, yeah. is sort of you can get over it really easily because it's the way that moment is directed and Sam Neill and Laura Dern's performances and the music and what that moment means you can get over it pretty easily but it is like the one shot in the movie where modern audiences look at it and go ooh that's, ooh. that's... and again it's down to the lighting yeah, Spielberg, Spielberg needed that shot. That shot needed to exist. The rest of the CG is fucking gorgeous because it is blanketed and used sparingly. Yeah, in darkness and metallic rooms. And if they could do something practically, they, they did, did it, it practically. Yeah, and it shows in how well that movie's aged. It's um, just—I mean, just looking for images for the, for this podcast that I found. I stumbled across an image from the Lost World publicity, which I had as a jigsaw. Which is a big clearing, like a just like a jungle clearing, yeah. and it's got like the baby T Rexes in the middle on the ground, and it's got the two other T Rexes from the sequel looming in in the back, like one of them quite prominently, one of them sort of like just there, yeah. And it's got like three or four of the Raptors, which if I remember correctly, in Lost World, like when you see them in full daylight in the promo shots, they're like bright orange. Um, I can't remember because you only really see them in the dark in the film itself. They're leaping yeah. around and in the in the freaking gymnastics sequence. We'll get to that. So, um, but like. 
and they're all practical it's a stage shot where they've put all the puppets and the animatronics together and then just taken a photograph of it do you know what I mean there's no yeah. compositing in this image yeah. and it looks incredible nowadays if you had a Jurassic World jigsaw for example it would just be like a CGI rendered image of one of the dinosaurs or like a painted image it'd be blue but I just thought how it would be blue. Yeah. But how impressive is that? Like they're going, yeah. yeah, look at it. We made this. We made it. It is physically in this set. We're taking a fucking photograph of it to prove to you this exists. There are no strings on these things. And we have set them in a way where they look like they are real and standing and posing for a fucking photograph. Well, and the first movie is definitely like that. Like every practical shot that can be practical. Not only do I remember practical. the movie coming out, I also remember the hype and the mania that surrounded it. Yeah, cause of course, because like you, you, Cause were, too, you were too merch... young for Batmania, weren't you? Yeah, one. Like, I was, I was, I was, I was five <laughs> when Jurassic Park came out. Yeah, so so you were you were I aware was... of it, and obviously you were at the, you were at the age where stereotypically kids are obsessed with dinosaurs. I had one of the most ironic pieces of merchandise ever created. Oh, a Jurassic Park lunchbox. Because of course, Ian Malcolm has that whole thing of, oh, you made it and you sl- and you slatted it on a lunchbox and you sold it to people and you didn't even stop to think if you should. I had a Jurassic Park lunchbox. Of course you did, because of course they released a Jurassic Park. Because lunchbox. all the all the official merchandise had that little JP stamp on it. It did, um, yes, because even the toys did. The toys had them. My stepbrother had the T Rex, um, and I used to find it really annoying had, that there was a freaking JP on its on its uh, like hip. I had the electronic Dilophosaurus. <laughs> Which was the Dilophosaurus? The, the spitter. Spitting, uh, so it had a, like a clip-on frill. Really? Cli- so oh, that's frill, cool. And then you pulled its back legs back and it did its roar. Oh, that's so um, cool. Those toys were gorgeous. Although they were a bit weird with the like, this is the... Some of it's rubber is, and some of it's plastic. And, and also this is Alan Grant with his dinosaur catching okay, thing. I'll, 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 I'll rephrase that. The, the, the dinosaur, dinosaur toys were... were all, in fact, yeah. have you seen the modern ones? In the, the, our local supermarket. Have you oh yeah, the, the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. The dinosaurs look great. Yeah. The the humans, they're all Owen. Like They're all variations on Chris Pratt's character. Even, and they look like those Sam Neill Lord... Even, uh, even like, the Claire is Owen. I've not seen the Claire. I've not seen the Claire. That sums it up. You know what I mean? Um, but like, even those action figures look like sort of early '90s Kenner Star Wars, like Jurassic Park stuff. They don't look great. Oh, Do you know? Whereas the dinosaurs look, look lovely. The, I'm looking up the the old school Jurassic Park toys. Oh, that's the last one. Because of course they, they, they some of them they were part rubber and part plastic yeah. and stuff. Like the T Rex, I remember it had a rubbery hide. Yeah, and it was so. I remember, that, one, you, you I could, remember one in that T Rex. I think, I think if you crunched its legs together, it it sort of roared. So yeah. Is that it there? That's not the Dilophosaurus ra- I no. had. That's the Dilophosaurus with Dino Strike Venom Spray. <laughs> because um, of course. <laughs> I had the electronic. Yeah, electronic Dilophosaurus. This is the one I had. Dino Screams and Striking Jaw. Look oh at that. Oh my god. Look at that beast. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And the trading cards. Look at the collector's card. Yeah, it comes card. with the collector's card. <laughs> See, when I was younger, I was at that phase. I was into dinosaurs because I, because of course, everyone's I, into dinosaurs. I didn't, age. I didn't see it when it came out because I was two and a half. I saw it on video two years later. Yeah, I was about, I was about four or five, and we got the VHS. And I don't know what possessed. I mean, mum, my mum did this a lot when I was a kid. She'd let me just watch stuff, not really thinking about it, because she is that kind of ditzy idiot when it comes to stuff like that. So I saw. Jurassic Park probably a bit younger than I should have done I guess than I was four mm-hmm. but my god like I loved it I think I think the opening 
the opening half hour I think scared me and I think it might have oh. been the Dilophosaurus and oh yeah the opening with the raptor in the cage oh the opening think, with the raptor in the cage is brilliant I think that scared me because I remember watching the film a lot as a kid but specifically watching from the Mr. DNA bit yeah onwards a lot so I must have always rewound or fast forwarded yeah. to like that area I think a lot of that set up stuff kind of gets lost on a younger audience they just want to get into dinosaur action but watching yeah. it as an adult oh like, I, I fell in love with the T-Rex yeah. like the T-Rex was spellbinding to see as a kid because of course I was a young kid I was into dinosaurs I wanted to see the biggest meanest scariest motherfucker of the lot mm-hmm. so the T-Rex really did it for me and I, I guess that was probably, probably that was probably a mix of being scared and also being bored of setup as a child made me skip the beginning half yeah. hour quite often yeah totally. to the point where even now I've probably seen this movie close to 30 times in my life oh yeah yeah even yeah. now I always I'm amazed by the first sort of 20-30 minutes because part of my head's like wait I haven't seen this before even though I now <laughs> even though I now as an adult I've seen it at least 10 times like that stuff it still feels weird to me that I've seen it. Yeah. Um, although I did eventually get to see it in the cinema twice because I remember about 10 years ago they brought it out again um, just randomly. They did it in 3D, didn't they? Oh, no, hang on. Oh, oh, that was it. It was 2013 they brought it out for the 20th anniversary just in cinemas for a limited run. So I went to see it. Yeah. And then about a year later, about a year before Jurassic World came out, they re-released it in 3D to cinemas. Because that was the same year the Blu-ray for the 3D version came out, which I do own. That's that's one of the few films where I've bought two versions of it just so I can own the 3D one as well. I see. I have no interest in 3D movies. Also, I don't have a 3D TV. I see. I've, so I only I, bought it the once. I've only realised after a couple of years that I'm the only one of the two of us in this house that likes watching stuff in 3D, which means I need to have more movie nights just to myself. Uh, mm, well, suppose. Dirty, dirty, um, dirty. Yay! Um, dirty, dirty, dirty. Doctor Strange looks fucking incredible in 3D just little I think that part of the reason that the effects look like they've aged in the places that they have is Mm. because it's on Blu-ray I think if you watch a VHS or a DVD copy of this movie Mm. you're not going to get any of that the picture quality would contribute to sort of filling the 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 void of the I, uncanny valley and separation that's there. Yeah, I, I I relished the opportunity to get this from the video store when mm. I could rent it Fucking because gorgeous cover as well, just the black yeah. cover with the uh, is it the sixty five million years in the making yeah. tagline on it. I think I've also, my, read, I've also read the have you read the book? I've never read the book. I've always wanted well, it's to. It's interesting. It's a it's a pretty decent adaptation. They changed some stuff it, around. It's different and more violent. From it's way more violent. Yeah. Um. There's way more opening gubbins yeah because you've got the they really try and establish the science of it all well no no there's a whole opening sequence in the book with like a medic having someone brought to her with what looks like a shark bite but it's actually a raptor bite or it's implied to be a raptor bite um and the the kids are swapped around okay so Lex is the younger and um Tim's the elder Mm mhm that um, did feel like a very Spielbergian choice. Yeah, yeah. Because he was always he was always a little bit ahead of his time in that sense, and he was like, "I want to make the kid with more agency, and the one who's in charge be the girl." Yeah, and also he's he's very into like father figures and broken homes. Yes, and yeah, um, as if that is a Tim being a bit younger helps that that dynamic work. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Hammond's a bit more of a dick in the book. Yes, he's, I heard he's, that. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a bit more ruthless and a bit less like. The misguided, wondrous man. He's, he's not the dinosaur Willy Wonka. No, no. 
Um, and also he dies in the in the book. Um, <laughs> oh, as he get bumped off, is it? Oh, he gets eaten by raptors, I think. Of or compies or something like that. Of course. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the compies are in the book, aren't they? And they save them for the second film. Yeah, the films. The Compsagnathus. Uh, yeah, there's a couple, there's a few different more types of dinosaurs. Um, I think Muldoon survives to the end in the book. Really? Yeah. So he doesn't get his clever girl moment. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I think Ian Malcolm dies as well, despite Ian Malcolm still being the main character of the book sequel The Lost World which was written in conjunction with the movie and the film it? sequel The Lost World they, they do explain it yeah. but fuck knows if I remember how because <laughs> you're going to have to take the lead on I was talking about The Lost World because I remember nothing about it I remember being bored the film or the book both really I remember being bored by I it when it came out about the film quite a bit okay I remember it I, I, and, and as such I have very <laughs> seldom revisited it I've revisited Jurassic Park 3 more than I have The Lost World. But because that's because you're a William H. Macy fanboy. I am a William H. Macy fan. <laughs> also a Sam Neill fan. Also... A fan of movies where dinosaurs say, Alan. As much as I... I'm sure <laughs> The Lost World is a far superior film uh, because it's not hard to be a far superior film to Jurassic Park 3. However, Jurassic Park 3 is a lot of fun. <laughs> It is. I, you know, when I was as I was growing older, I think we'll, we'll touch on characters separately afterwards. Yeah. Um, but as I was growing older, I realized that um, as I was growing up with those movies, I realized that I preferred Lost World to three. Although I do think three is a better movie. Really? Yeah, I think three is a better movie than Lost World simply because um, three sort of feels like a smaller story. Mm-hmm. Like number one is it's number one is effectively a disaster movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Lost World with, is with a lovable set of characters that you watch do. Yeah, Spielberg. It's, did... it's, it's one of Spielberg's few sequels. Like he's only yeah. really done the Indiana Jones sequels and the Lost World. Oh yeah, but but Lost World, um, like, like like I say, th- I think th- three is the better film because it's that smaller story, and it relies on you knowing the world you're in, but also doesn't like steep itself in the continuity of the series. You just know that there was a park, yeah. and all the spare dinosaurs are on an island. And this guy has basically been tricked into going back there to help people find someone. So it's find the child, get off the island. Straightforward and simple. Here's a bunch of dinosaurs. Oh my god, the pterodon sequence is fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Number two, I enjoy more, but it's definitely not the better of, of the sequels. Because number two feels like a hodgepodge of ideas. I, I, my and, memory and I, of And I'm it. terrified of that because... Fallen Kingdom's trailer looks very much like they're using the exact same sequence of ideas. Yeah. And the technology is better now, so maybe it will work better, but my god, the third act in uh, San Diego in in Lost World... Yeah, because they bring the, is the T-Rex awful. back. Like, it is bad. Like, because they try and comedy moment it up. This thing's barreling down the streets, which is, you know, oh wow, cool idea. Like, genuinely great idea. We're gonna see the T-Rex in our environment. Oh my god. Brilliant idea. But then it has, like, a quiet scene eating someone's dog and looking through their bedroom window. It's like, I'm sorry, where are the sirens? Where are the other people screaming? Like, I know it's three in the morning, but there's a T-Rex in someone's yard. Like, why are you playing this moment for comedy? Yeah. What's going on? It's so weird. 
but then there's so much I really enjoy about it personally, and it's usually, it's the set pieces I really like. I remember. I like, I like the the first sequence with the poachers with Pete Postlethwaite. Like it's horrible, but it's weird to see. It's weird and fascinating to watch poachers, like modern day poachers hunting this kind of game yeah it's like this is weird i remember the sequence with the raptors in the long grass that's really good i remember the the... t-rex poking its head through the waterfall while everybody's up against the rock yeah and then that guy dies for the stupidest reason they're running from a fucking t-rex and a small snake starts to like drop on his shoulder he goes ah snake snake and he runs forward and runs just into the jaws of the T-Rex. Yeah. It's like, this is the dumbest it's fucking not, thing. It's not the best. Ten seconds earlier, it was the coolest thing yeah. ever. It's so dumb. Um, I hate the baby T-Rex, but there's something weirdly charming about, uh, God, what's uh, Julianne Moore's character called? Sarah Harding. Sarah! That's it, of course. I only know that because I looked it up. There's something weirdly charming about Sarah's like thing of, oh, fuck, no, it's injured. I'm going to heal it. I'm gonna heal. It's like, if we take this thing... Its parents are going to come looking for it. Yeah. But it's weirdly charming in that family movie way of her being like, no, I've got to heal it. I've got to look after it. I've got to look after it. I've got to... It's like... Ugh! But I also forgive it her stupid choice because it leads to my favourite set piece in the movie, which is the fucking lab, trailer lab dangling over the edge of the cliff. I was that, yeah. With the glass. That is some of the tensest shit yeah. I've ever seen in a, in a family film. Yeah. It's so scary. I do have to watch The Lost World again. I didn't get a chance to, to watch it before we did this episode. I wanted to. Yeah. Because I haven't. It's, it's the one I've seen the least. But I moved house, so mm-hmm. I didn't really get a chance. What? Um, How dare you I not know, stop right? grown-up, real-life important things to watch a dumb movie about Maybe dinosaurs? I'll watch it tonight. How Bit dare you? Stable you door, horse-bolted business. You could have watched fucking... Uh, the Malcolm, the Malcolm's daughter gymnastics kick a raptor. Yeah, uh, I remember that getting a lot of shit when it, it came it out. It has aged. In time, it has still proven to be a really dumb moment, especially because we're showing how powerful these things are. Yeah, and then for a ten-year-old kid to freaking gymnastics kick it through a window. I get why Spielberg does it because he likes empowering children. But, but this child spends it's... the whole movie just being annoying. Yeah. She spends the whole movie being annoying. And then she and other characters disappear for Act 3. Yeah. And it's just brought down to... Like, what? what is Ian Malcolm and... Is it Sarah? What's the character's name? Sarah Harding. Harding? I only know this because I... I'm looking at the toy When page. I said that, I thought that was wrong. And then I realised it's because the name's similar to a member of Girls Aloud or something. <laughs> um, like, it's just them in a freaking expensive car driving after it. Yeah. And it's like, what are they going to do? pretty much what the fuck are they going to do like this makes no some of this is so nonsensical there was a deleted scene in Lost World because uh, when they get there they find they, they, when the T-Rex has burst out of the containment um, they find there's, there's tons of dead bodies and it was because originally they'd shot a scene yeah. where a raptor had stowed away yeah. and the raptor gets killed but then that's what causes the breakout the T-Rex manages to break out during that because the bodies are all you see a glimpse of them moving it's like the bodies are like mutilated and damaged to fuck in a way that the T-Rex wouldn't be able to do because it's just a big thing you know the most it's going to do in terms of clawing people is chomp yeah, them just in chomp half you, yeah, just whereas chomp these you. bodies are like eviscerated which makes more sense if a raptor was on board so you knew that they wanted to get that scene in there somewhere a scene with a T-Rex and a raptor yeah. side by side in some way which they eventually get a couple films later um, Lost World has some really interesting cool set pieces in it it's also got some of the best casting in Pete Possibly it's got a really good cast some yeah. of the most weird interesting casting in the form of Vince Vaughn um, yeah who we've got in this we've got Vince Vaughn Pete Possethwaite 
Uh, Richard Attenborough returns, of course. In two scenes where he's kind of wasted. Oh, Peter um, Stamere. Yeah, who's the who's the villain? Who's the villain in it? Uh, Peter, Peter Stamere. Stamere yeah, yeah. Peter Stamere. He's he's the um, head. He's the head of the uh, of Ingen or whatever it is that's taken over the stuff. Like he's he's wonderfully boo hiss and kind of pathetic in it, but you know, sort of in a bad guy way. I and, love boo hiss. But it's just weird that we're at the point where the movies. This, this is where the movies decide that they that human bad guys are the way forward for the Jurassic Park franchise. Yeah. Instead of it being that moral quandary with some cool, well, how, cool how visuals. Much, how much villainous agency can you really ascribe to an overgrown lizard? Well, that's like, the thing. The dinosaurs don't have to be baddies. They just have to be what they are. Mm. Predators and, and, you know, like forces to be reckoned with. Which is why 3 is really charming. Even though they still decide there needs to be a baddie dinosaur. Well, the three. Spinosaurus, yeah. The fucking Spinosaurus. I like its design. I like the fact they decided. Oh yeah, need, I mean, what's need, not to like? I like the fact they decided we need a different predator to to be the main threat to our characters. Yeah, but the child in me who loved those movies hates the fact that they decided to have it kill a T Rex to prove that point. Yeah, especially because that T Rex is very likely the one from the end of Lost World, put back on the island. Oh, of course, yeah, because two and three are set in Site <clears throat> B. Yeah, that, that's how Jurassic Ubla. World works as a sequel to Jurassic Park. Because that's set on the original island. two and island. three are set on Isla Sauna. Oh, Isla Sauna. And I, Isla Nublar is the original it's one. the original site, Isla yeah. Isla Sauna is site B, yeah. So two and three are set on the same island, and... Oh, Christ. So, yeah. by this point... Because the, they're essentially all clones from DNA, but these ones have been bred... No, these ones have evolved to procreate, is the implication in number two. That's the implication in number one. Oh no no! But in number two, they 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 straight up sort of. It's not an implication. The two T just... Rexes, one is male, one is female. That baby has come from them. Yeah. Um. In number one, it's more that they they. Oh no no! That's what I'm saying. Number one's implication is that the frog DNA they start to what's it called? Where they spontaneously asexual. No no. no they, they spontaneously change sex. Oh right! Oh, I thought the idea was that they they just create no, no, life no, because no, that was because it, how they continued. The, the, that that the frog because DNA life, they use. Uh, Finds a Finds way. A, uh, way. Uh, no, the, the the species that they brought the, took the frog DNA from yeah. is a species that, and this is a real thing. Yeah. Um, when the population Dwindles. reaches critical levels and they haven't got enough of one gender, then some members of the population will change gender. Okay. Change sex and become. Able and that's to oh, and that's why it's important um, to keep them separate as much as possible, or have only one of each one as much as possible, because then they don't. No, do... they didn't think about. They didn't think. Oh about no, no. That. I mean, I mean, when you go forward to Jurassic World, like that's why there are more kind of separated, and there's only like, maybe uh, one yeah, I guess. each one yeah. because it's like then they have no desire to do that because, as far as they're concerned, there is just one of them, and that's it. Or there might be there might be some other workaround they've got in in Jurassic World. I can't again. I can't remember much about Jurassic World. <laughs> was like for the same reasons uh, that I can't remember much about the Lost World. They're kind of boring. Who's the kid in uh, the third one? Uh, Char- the character's name. Eric Kirby. Is that the character's name or the actor's name? That's the, that's the character's name. Played by Trevor Morgan. The the, the, the tiny boy? Do, yeah. Do they run around going, Eric, at some point? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. Yeah. So what you're saying is Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 are in the same cinematic universe as Heavy Rain? <laughs> Sarah! Eric! Jason, I hate you so much. I hate me too. Um, Just the worst. Detroit become human out now. Uh, <laughs> so can't wait. Oh, can't mince. wait. Um, yeah, I. Jurassic Park Three is a pretty solid 
tiny Jurassic Park movie. It's pretty. It's pretty good fun. And also, it's got Sam Neill in it. And if Sam Neill's in something, I'm 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 at least halfway on board. Yeah, as is Sam Neill when he's in things. He's at least halfway. At on least board. halfway. Sometimes he's all the way on board, but he's always at least halfway on board. The movie's like, hey, do you remember uh, Doctor Alan Grant? Yeah, do you remember Doctor Ellie Kessler? Yeah. Well, they're not a thing. What? Oh. Yeah. In fact, we imply that they never really even became a thing, and they also no longer think of each other that way. And uh, they're well, they, perfectly happy apart, but he's a family friend, and they get on. They were a thing <laughs> in the original. Yeah, well, well, they they never show stuff, but it's yeah the way the way it's played is played as yeah these if these two and are, they are not, a thing in the book. if these two are not a couple yeah they're like one conversation away from being like are we a couple yeah but they, <laughs> like, they are they they are explicitly a thing in the book yeah because in the film there's a whole hint of like do you want kids but they never say like shall we have kids yeah it's like yeah. do you want kids but they they come back to that in Jurassic Park three as the thing that asked the thing that came between them yeah. That he didn't want kids, despite, despite his entire journey yeah. in the first movie as a as a human and as as a, in a as part of a relationship being he literally maybe I do want a family. He literally comes away on that helicopter at the end of the first film, cradling both those children. So she comes away from that movie, gets with someone else, and has kids. Yeah, because um, I guess oh he didn't God. really want kids. It's just such a stupid call. Um, but either way, it's always else, nice to see Laura in the do. third movie. Who else? Uh, William got? H Macy and Tay Leone. Yes, Tony Leone being really irritating. Oh, yeah. William H. Macy's acting, uh, mostly coming from his moustache. Oh, yes, yeah. so he's, much moustache. But the two of them work really nicely as that sort of, you know, slightly disillusioned, we believe, millionaires, only to find out. Yeah. yeah, no, they were millionaires. They've spent all the fucking money trying to find their son. Yeah. Who went missing on a paragliding trip around Isla Sorna? Um because uh, but then again Lost World begins with a rich family who've pulled up a yacht on a beach on what they don't obviously realise is Isla Sona and then yeah. the daughter gets eaten by compies so it's like fair enough there is that the body horror the suggested body horror of the Jurassic Park series carries on in this one when they find the skeletal remains of the guy the kid paraglided with hung up in the Parag- tree paraglided Parag- paraglid into the jaws of death um, um, so there's that I I know it's tacky. I have so much love for the cell phone joke. Oh, it's so good. That is good. Especially when they're on the riverboat and they hear it ringing and they turn and there's the fucking Spinosaurus on the bet on like the, the bay. Mm. And you could just... I mean, it makes no sense. Of course you wouldn't be able to hear the... Coming from his stomach. Oh, but it, is, yeah. it works so well. And it's also fun to look at early 2000s cell phones. <laughs> Because it's basically a late night. Well, it's not cell even a cell phone. phone; it's a satellite phone. Yeah, but the, the, so the, the fact that it's got like it. that Nokia ring oh, style—it's it's just, it well, just no, it's, weird. It's the, it's the jingle for his tile company. W- was it the Nokia thing though? No, no. I get it's similar. Oh my god, it's a little similar, it? but I can't remember what the tune is. But oh it's my, not—it's oh not god. the Nokia theme. It's the jingle for his company. I've got. It. I'm sorry. I don't care if we get copyright um, struck I'm, I'm finding it but yeah I'm I mean, finding it also it's wonderful Jurassic Park 3 was directed by Joe Johnston who would later go on to direct Captain America, America the first Avenger but he's had a shall we say spotty directorial career yeah Honey I Shrunk the Kids in 89 no, yeah, good, good, time, times, good, good times good times Rocketeer in 91 great movie yeah damn great love movie. the Rocketeer essentially uh, prototype Captain America the first Avenger yeah the page master I like that film. Guess what? It's dog shit, but I like it. I have no idea if I like that film or not because I never saw it when it came out and now it's impossible to find. The only way you can get it in the UK is on VHS. It's impossible to find. Yeah. 
I don't even think it's on iTunes even. No. And Netflix or anything like that. No. Beautiful animation, fucking awful movie. <laughs> like, dreadful movie. Wonderful cast. First starring role Frank Welker ever had in a film. The three like books in it are uh, fantasy, horror, and adventure. And adventure's played by Patrick Stewart. Um, fantasy is played by Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. and horror is played by Frank Welker. Frank Welker's great. And it, but it was it was nice even for, as an animation nerd and a voiceover nerd as a kid for me to be like those three names. Like oh my god, like Frank Welker's one of those three. Okay, that's really cool. It's got loads of really cool actors in it, like Leonard Nimoy and Christopher Lloyd, and it's just terrible. It's it's dog shit. It is utter dog shit. The message of the movie is read books, kids, and that's basically it. Ted Turner mate commissioned it because he was like, get people to read books, get people to read books. <laughs> and yet, and yet, the, the adventure he has in the world of fiction are life threatening, and he nearly dies. Plus, you see snippets from these amazing stories, but not enough for you to actually be interested in finding out what they're about. Well, he also made Jumanji in 95, so... Did you yeah. Joe Johnson was Jumanji? Yeah. That's not a great movie either. No, it's not. I'll be a fondly remembered People movie. People love it, and I kind of like it, but it's not very good. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, also also adventures that nearly kill you. Yeah. And October Sky October in 99. Sky. The Adventures um, of Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, he did, he did, he did, he did one of the, the... Oh, God. Um, And then his phone rang. <laughs> but I hear that and all I can picture is either a giant carnivore waiting patiently on the bank of a river or a big pile of shit because mm. <laughs> of course there's the scene where they fish it out of its turds oh he made Hidalgo as well really? you know that horse movie with the uh... with the stuff with um, the horse movie Viggo Mortensen oh right okay. Viggo Mortensen rides a horse across somewhere if that was the title of the movie I'd remember it Viggo Mortensen rides a horse across somewhere. Oh, he made the 2010 Wolfman reboot. Uh, I think we've got that, I've not actually. even seen that. I think we... Yeah, it's down there. We picked it up in like a 2 of 10 and we've still not opened it. I hear it's bad. Yep. <laughs> let's talk about... Jurassic. Jurassic. Well, let's talk, let's talk briefly about The Gap. There was a brief... Oh, there was obviously a brief... It was a brief gap. Why Jurassic Park 3... Jurassic Park 3 was 2001. Jurassic Park 3 was... Yeah. Um, and Jurassic World was 2015. Mm-hmm. In the gap, there was always talk of a fourth one, and they kept talking about it being dinosaur hybrids with humans, and yeah, the military doing experiments to create soldiers that were part dino, part human, and movie websites throughout the late 2000s, early 2010s kept posting as though it was a new find, even though they'd already done it like two years ago, and another site done it. Because uh, that's where you the, take that that franchise at that point. Yeah, but like they they were posting the the artwork that had been done. Oh yeah, the pre-production. Yeah. It's like this guy who's like half sort of Stegosaurus and and raptors with weapons like attached to them, and it was like, huh. And everyone's reaction to all of these. You know, all my stories were this sounds dumb. You know what did that better? And this is gonna sound really weird. Hit me with it. <sighs> the Dark Horse DC crossover comic. Batman Aliens 2 not the original Batman Aliens crossover the second one in which an evil weapons manufacturer splices xenomorph DNA with the DNA of some of Batman's uh, most despicable villains oh my god is that where you get that white one with the red lips and the green dome yep even though that makes no sense yep because the Joker doesn't have superpowers so what's the point of splicing DNA with the Joker 
Yep. Oh, it's immune to some toxins. You That's should. Superpower. You should probably read Batman Aliens and Batman Aliens 2 because they're great. Are they? Yes. I read Batman Predator 3. That's uh, garbage. Batman Predator 1 is pretty great. I have not read Batman Predator 3. Um, yeah. Alien and Predator. Some... Dark Horse's Horde so, since 1992. If you want to talk about splicing um, DNA, D- DNA, then DNA. That's, that's where you want to go. You want to go Batman Aliens 2. Of course, we had a few video games to fill the gaps in those years as well. Uh, yeah. Jurassic Park Genesis being the big one from the uh, PC and PlayStation 1 era, mm-hmm. which has sort of been remade in a way with the upcoming Jurassic World Evolution, which is again a similar thing. It's basically theme park world with dinosaurs. Um, there's a few action games as well, if I remember correctly, but they didn't really make a mark or stick around. The arcade game Jurassic Park was really fun. Did you ever play that? It was a first-person shooter. I played the Mega Drive game. Ah, the Jurassic- arcade... The, the Lost World was the uh, light gun shooter that Sega made. Yeah. Um, that was pretty sweet, if I recall. Oh yeah. my god, what am I looking at? You're looking at the uh, the alien-Batman-villain hybrids. What's that meant to be? I don't fucking know. We got, <laughs> we got a Joker one. We got... Is that supposed to be like... We got a Two-Face one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, splice it with the DNA of a man who has, again, no abilities... But he's just burned. I missed a freeze one. So stupid. Um, Let's splice it with the DNA of a man who's got a horrible condition that requires him to be... We've got a scarecrow one. I'm sorry. Did the writers of this even realise that the majority of Batman's villains are just either normal people or normal people with a horrific deformity? We've got a killer croc one. (laughs) Look at that. Look at that bastard. Why? See, that just looks like a reject from the uh, the 90s toy line. Why not? Croc alien. So yeah, that's that's something. So oh, why God. didn't so Jurassic Park mixed out missed out on that one? However, that idea obviously stayed alive because when we got 2015's Jurassic World, 2015's Jurassic World. Oh yeah, one of the staying points of it did turn out to be genetic splicing. Yeah, and that looks like that's the main plot falling kingdom as well. The Indominus Rex. Yeah, the Irex. Oh, isn't that funny? Because it's sort of a parody of See, Apple products. The thing is, the thing is, I. They've said that after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, they're not going to do any more gene splicing stuff. Ha! And I think Unless that's a missed opportunity. Well. Because if after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, we don't get um, Dino Crisis 3 style genetically modified dinosaurs running amok on a space station then I'm I think I'm out Jurassic World Jurassic 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 Universe there you go Jurassic Universe there you go guys and then the franchise can die in a horrific way but at least we'll have had dinosaurs on a spaceship it'll be the heat the inevitable heat death of the Jurassic Universe (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but Jurassic can, can the dinosaurs on the spaceship be followed around by two recycled CBBC show droid props that have the voices of uh, Mitchell and Webb for no reason? Yes, cool. Yes, please. Cool. Um, can, let's <laughs> Jurassic World. Yeah. Oh God! Verizon presents the Indominus Rex. Jurassic. That's its full name. Yes. 
Oh my god! Jurassic World is a movie with some really good ideas. Yeah, I and it, I, and I, it, I I I firmly put it in my ironing category. Yeah, it's an ironing movie. It's a movie with really good ideas, and it's got and somewhere along the scripting process, it clearly had something to say about branding and capitalism and the and the steam park industry and the way we um and zoos and the way we move um, on quickly from trends. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately and, it happened to do it using a movie yeah. that is a brand and a franchise yeah. and at some point it clearly had something to say about those mm. issues. But along the way they were completely ignored in favour of making just kind of a messy sort of Well, I mean the, Idom- the Indominus Rex was obviously part of that statement, and yet, of course, what was the Indominus Rex slapped on? Lunchboxes and t-shirts. Yeah. So it's like you're kind yeah. of missing your own. Your message it's has just, been destroyed by so by much, the, the thing that it's being told through. There's so much irony in the way that Jurassic Park is handled as a franchise, in that so much of it is just lost in. Oh well. We've got to merchandise this and bring toys and lunchboxes and backpacks yeah. out and what well, it's. Do you know what it's it is? Madness. It's, it's, do you remember um, what when when the first like Doctor and Clara series rocks up of Doctor Who to bring up another uh, movie example and it, it's a series seven B yeah um, and she's like end of the first adventure second adventure order it's like cool I'll see you next week can you come by Wednesday and it was this whole thing like why are you, why are you not joining him. Which became a Moffat stable of, of the stable of, of the companions just getting picked up every now and again. Yeah. And he was just like their fun friend and they went on an adventure with once a week. It's like, no, freaking get in that time machine and go on adventures. Friend and, and with TARDIS benefits. Made worse in Nightmare in Silver with the kids who were kind of like, this is oh, really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like, oh my God, you little brats. Like, this is your story. This is the characters you're choosing to write. People who are bored of this amazing stuff. Yeah. Jurassic World commits that offence in the first 20 minutes because the older kid of the two is already like not paying attention to the stuff around him. Yeah. Yet the film is shooting that stuff as though it's wonderful. And both those child actors are pretty good as well. And oh, they're they just great. Because kind of the, the younger one's Ty Simpkins yeah. from uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Who's really good. And it, but it, but it's um, great. Like it, but the, And the way that it's shooting it and, and, and stuff is it's trying to make us, the audience, have that visceral reaction of, oh my God, this is wonderful. So to see the characters in the shot not reacting like that at all and it being part and yeah, parcel. It it's part of the film's it. message, but it sort of dies. I can't remember who it was, but in some video essay, someone pointed out about the power of themes. If yeah. you're going to reuse themes and keep franchises going, at least use the themes correctly. Um, oh, they did... Ho- they, the marketing well, for Fallen Kingdom has been horrendous for that. Yeah. But like, when do you first hear the Jurassic Park theme in Jurassic Park. I can't remember. Uh, you first hear it properly. Oh, when they go through the gates into Jurassic Park. Well, the first like licks of it appear as the helicopter approaches yeah, the yeah. island. The second licks of it hit in full force. The the stretch that that bit is the Brontosaurus like glory shot. Like that's when you first hear uh, it, yeah, yeah. and then you hear it again as as the tour begins. You hear it in the score. Well, there's two, well, it's confusing the Jurassic Park theme because there's two movements on it. Yeah, there's the oh yeah yeah, but but, but, they, but, but it, they have its moments and thing. And then the last time we hear it is as the film's closing yeah. out. Da, 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 da. As we like that triumphant, we've left the island, we're safe, and you know, like off we go into the into the safety of the world. And yeah. we've had an adventure, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for cleaning your popcorn as you leave. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Jurassic World plays that theme as a helicopter arrives to a helipad. 
And that's it. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. And then in, in okay, the, in you're the trying to invoke in... feelings in us, but you you you're basically going, Irfan Khan's helicopter has landed on a thing. Yeah. Welcome also, to the thing, Jurassic the great metal thing. Jurassic World <laughs> is another Jurassic Park movie that has a great cast, which are all horribly used. Chris Pratt, charming as fuck. But the character does feel kind of gross in places. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't go so far as to how Joss Whedon did when we first saw the clips. It was like, oh, so his character's just smug man who wants to shag and their entire yeah, relationship yeah. is that. But then it is a shame that Bryce Dallas Howard's character is nothing more than a busybody workaholic. Who runs in heels. Yeah. Oh, I love Bryce Dallas Howard as well. I, I, I adore her and I adore him. And, and I, I wish their characters were gentler. Judy. I wish their characters were more human. Poor old Judy Greer. Remember when she didn't play everyone's mum? Judy Greer. Oh Judy God. Greer. She's she's the kid's mum in this. Oh, of course. Yeah, we see her over the phone. A couple yeah, of times, yeah. So she was the like, start sending them off. Just like, oh Christ. But the thing is that it's, it's, it's Irfan Khan, isn't it? The actor. Irfan Khan. Yeah. He's freaking um, wonderful, and he is constantly cast in Hollywood films in thankless roles. Yeah. Because he's Asian. No, but I mean, like they they get his stature. Like he's a big star in Asia. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A big star in Asia, and he's working a lot more in America. And he's a fucking wonderful actor. And they always just put him in these parts where he's either not around for long and is underused, or you see these flashes of brilliance, mm-hmm. and then he's that's the end of his story in the film. In this, he's in it for maybe about ten fifteen minutes. There's definitely that element of Attenborough's charm in there to his character. Like his character is meant to almost be a. He's the Richard. He's, he's, he's the, the Hammond Steve, he's of this. He's the Steve cat, yeah. Jobs version of Hammond. Yeah. Who was the Bill Gates version? Like it's the idea of here's someone who comes from that same kind of dream pool, but hey, he's innovating more. He's understanding what needs improvement. He's a bit more of a public face. Do you know what I mean? Business savvy as well. Yeah, and, and also, but not a dick like if there are problems yeah. if there are flaws with him they're in the sur- under the surface and we're going to discover them the more we learn about him but ultimately he and he's barely in the freaking thing if I remember correctly he sacrifices himself to help them yeah but it's like yeah he smashes the helicopter into the the thingy dome to try and kill the Indominus Rex or something yeah he? something like that and it's like oh okay um uh B- BD1 <clears throat> great and maybe he'll get to play more in the next one but yeah he, but again we need a human boo hiss villain so and we've got him is. and vincent d'onofrio and vincent d'onofrio is wasted in this film no literally he looked he's wasted he was on very strong pain medication had a toothache just he just kept sitting there between takes rocking back and forth muttering this city I'm gonna go back and do more Daredevil. I'm gonna go back. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Um, but again, like wasted evil military man, and those themes are still there. Yeah, you can tell that someone at Universal, the person who made sure that this film happened, was the same person who was in love with the idea for Thor that they were obviously going with, and was like, "We've got to get that in there somewhere." I want dinosaur hybrids. I want hybrids. Mm. Got to be in there. And it's obviously carrying through to the next one because the new dino if threat st- in Fallen Kingdom story, is again a genetic hybrid. If it's a story about genetic engineering and cloning, that's the logical place to take it. I have no problem with that. Oh, not to the soldiers with guns stuck in them. Maybe maybe to them engineering the dinosaurs for a purpose. When you're in your fifth and sixth movies, maybe. But should they have even got to the fifth and sixth movies? No. But then you can also look at it as this. But is, if you're gonna go there, you can there, also look at it let's as go this is there. the third movie. If you want, you could ignore two and three because 
world, Why? world only requires you knowing one to make sense. But, but... <laughs> if I remember correctly, in World, there's a throwaway line of dialogue where they refer to the Site B incident. Yeah. And that's it. Which is two that's and re- three. That is the reference to two and three. Yeah. Um, like, that's as far as it goes. Are they going to, in this one, acknowledge that a dinosaur has freaking escaped into um, the West Coast before? Probably not. Um, but the amount villains in, in this one, BD Wong's in this one again. Toby Jones seems to be an evil auctioneer. Oh, Toby Jones! You can just about make him out in one shot of the trailer. Toby Jones! And you can hear his voice saying, the most fearsome creature to ever walk the earth. And you're uh, like, oh, they're letting him do American. Okay. Love Toby Jones. Toby Jones? Nobody Jones. Toby, Toby Jones. Jones. It's definitely Toby um, Jones. Can I can I say something that, that really <laughs> pisses me off about Jurassic World as well? Hit me. That I've talked about before. Hit me. The Margaritaville stuff. I know the Margaritaville stuff's fine. The unnecessarily violent death of um, Zara, Katie McGrath's, Katie McGrath's character. character. She's just she's just trying. She's she's Claire's like put upon assistant. She's a bit snotty, but that's because she's been landed with these two kids. One of whom is completely disinterested, and the other room, and the other one uh, um, clearly has some abandonment and emotional issues uh, because it, of his the way his aunt treats him. The way she's killed off is traditionally done in family movies yeah. to a to a horrible character. It's like a sort of like a semi comeuppance. It would work as a joke if her death was the result of her not paying attention to the kids she's meant to be watching. But it's not a result of that. No, it's a result of her trying to look after them. Now, I saw people argue. I remember me saying that on Twitter at the time. And people were saying to me, like, you just, you're just saying that bad guys have to die that way. No. And I was saying, no. Like, yes, of course, they're showing the chaos. But it's the it's the almost dino death porn way that they it, show it was her. something like, mean-spirited like about it. It's three levels to her, attack, to her death. That you don't see elsewhere. You see other people batting away pterodons and yeah. uh, pterodactyls. You see them batting them away. That's it. For her, she gets picked up and roughed up. Yeah. And she gets dumped on the ground. Then she gets picked up again. And as she's about to be taken away, probably to be eaten by this thing, the megalodon or whatever it is comes the, out the, the Mesosaurus. The, water, the Mesosaurus comes out of the water and fucking chomps, opens up and chomps again, and then drags it into the depths. And it's like, okay. If you're just trying to show how horrific this situation is, maybe show other characters suffering hilariously Final Destination-esque yeah. fates. But it's it's there was some, so mean spirited, and, and it adds to this sort of this a sort of misogynistic sheen on top of this film in the way that Owen yeah. and, Owen and Claire interact, the needless death mm. and the needlessly overlong death of Zara, of one um, of the only sort of two prominent female characters. Yeah, in the movie. There's, there's her and there's the there's. Judy Greer's mum was sidelined because she's barely in it, and then there's uh, the last from the control room. Yeah, You've got the guy in the in the Jurassic who again, his entire thing is like he loves me and he doesn't notice me. It's yeah. like what? And it's and it's the guy in the Jurassic Park show is weird because like, I think the actor and the way he plays that character is fine. Uh, Jake but, Johnson. But the Jurassic Park thing, all like the real original park was OG. That was the OG and all this stuff. But it never opened. It's like it never opened. So how would you know? How would you fucking? Well, all of that would have become public knowledge in the in the way. Yeah, but of... then why would his reaction be? Oh, yeah, but that part was legit. It's like no, it wasn't. It was a part <laughs> that was tested once, and horrific pe- things happened, and people died. Yeah. In fact, this world is so apparently blind and insensitive to the events of Jurassic Park that they've built their thing like a half mile away from the empty buildings. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, at least just re reappropriate the buildings and reinforce them and use them as your site. Fair enough. Mm. Like that's that's saving money and being economic. But oh my god, like there are there there oh are good ideas buried in this movie, but the execution is just so poor. Now, in the film itself, they resist. They resist nost- in the marketing for the film itself. They resist in nostalgia, aside from the brand name and the music. I find in the marketing for the film, yeah, they were they were they held back. In the movie, it's gratuitous in a couple places, like when they find the original site, like him with his t-shirt. Yeah, like that's a bit gratuitous. But there are two nods to the previous movies that I think do feel rewarding. One subtle, one's not so subtle. One is the T-Rex. It was. It was barely, if at all, in the marketing for Jurassic World or in the room up to the release of the movie. Afterwards, yeah. it was on fucking posters and this and the other. Yeah. But the T-Rex... And again, like little nod for those who pay close attention, it's the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. It's the original T-Rex. Um, but like in the film, you see it very briefly in the first 15 minutes. You see the top of its head walk beyond the crowd of people watching it. Yeah. That's it. It's ignored for the rest of the movie... And then when they realise that they need something to distract the Irex with, they draw out the T-Rex. Yeah, because you've got that whole thing and of... Uh, as it emerges from the shadows, it, it, I will admit, it does make me go, oh, that looks really cool. Yeah. Here it is. That's the T-Rex. There are good ideas in Jurassic World that even it, get as far as being good moments in it. Oh, and then it makes a subtle dig at Jurassic Park 3's decision to kill off the T-Rex. Yeah. Because the first thing that it smashes through in the fight is a Spinosaurus skeleton yeah. that's on display, which the filmmakers, I don't know if it's Colin Trevor, but someone confirmed the Spinosaurus skeleton in the like City Walk pavilion of Jurassic World yeah. is the skeleton of the Spinosaurus from Isla Sauna, because apparently at some point they found it and just decided to clean it up and put it on display. Why, why wouldn't you? So no. it's a subtle dig to the fact people hated the Spinosaurus killing the T-Rex off. It's like, yeah. there you go, that's, kind of, that's, fu- that's fan service hidden away. That's <laughs> nice. Um, but... Okay, do you want to know what my favourite part of the movie is? Because it's also my least favourite part of the movie. Oh, interesting, okay. It's the last five minutes. It's the dinosaur super fight. Yeah. Between Blue the raptor. I mean, we could get... I think we'll save this for next week's review, but I I could get into a whole thing about the raptors being... teaming up with humans. I don't know, I... But it's Mm. Blue the raptor and the T-Rex fighting the Irex. My inner child and my lover of big dumb action sequences thinks that is the most fun fucking sequence in the film. Yeah. Like, two dinosaurs I can see sort of teaming that, yeah. up to fight a bigger dinosaur. Yeah. Right down to them really sort of dumbly at the end, almost acknowledging each other before they part ways. <laughs> it's so stupid, that moment, but it kind of gives me that low-key thrill of, this is dumb and I am here for it. But it's also my least favourite scene in the movie, simply because it's like, we're really ending this movie with a dinosaur team-up why 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 are they teaming up because they don't don't team up against common threats because they're setting up for genetically engineered human dinosaurs hybrid soldiers and if we don't get that in Jurassic Park 6 I'm going to be really upset Horizon presents the um, Aranosaurus Rex whatever the truth was called Indominus Rex Indominus Rex um it's it's a hybrid of like all these different types of dinosaurs because people are bored and we want to show them something new even though it's basically just a giant white raptor mm. it's a giant white raptor with albino rabbit eyes That's and also it. it can kill you yeah there we go even it can kill you even deader than any anything else in the park <laughs> that's true I think the Irex is fine 
The Air it's X is fine. fine. It does. It's like it's, it serves its purpose. If, if you're doing a, if you, it's, this franchise is about genetic engineering and stuff like that. I think it's a logical place to go. Mm. And I think if but you then really want to, is it weird that the new one is basically about the same thing? And oh, we've created another super dinosaur that is basically a grey Irex. That depends if they're going to do it better. Which well, it's, it's definitely a better dinosaur map because you don't get this. The raptor DNA they take right, it's from blue. It is from blue, and you know blue, right? You love blue. I, Blue's mm. your favorite dinosaur. You've got an emotional attachment to blue. Look at this trailer. Look at this trailer. <laughs> Does it make you sad to see blue in pain? No, I've got no fucking emotional attachment to that dinosaur because Jurassic World wasn't very good. But it's also the fact that it's like painfully obvious that they wanted to make blue a thing because we meet, oh, yeah. we meet the four raptors that. Aren't, they're not trained, but Chris Pratt can sort of communicate with their pack mentality. Yeah. And because he feeds them, there's like that mutual respect level of they leave him alone because he brings the food. And like, he, he's not his I've got, I've got no problem with them training the raptors from yeah, birth. Yeah, it, it makes like, sense because obviously if something goes wrong, they can talk with them. Yeah. But out of the four of them, one of them's bright fucking blue. <laughs> It's just like I wonder which one they're going to try and set up to be a yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, give a right? shit about. They it's should all like, have been a bit more unique. So dumb, but so so dumb. Lego Jurassic World tries to make them all more unique. They've all got a different color scheme, but it's like don't don't bother. You can't you can't fix that. The problems with that film. <laughs> um, so let's do some quick um, quick quick predictions for Jurassic quick World Fallen Kingdom. My prediction is that that fucking version of the Jurassic Park theme that's in all the trailers, mm. the terrible one of the, just the first three notes, bah, bah, bah. is not going to appear in the film. No. Just like the slow piano version in Jurassic World trailers never appeared in the film. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be happy about that. I predict that the end of the second act will be them getting into American territory. Yeah. The third act will be the auction to the dodgy people whilst they're dismantling the warehouse stuff. The dinosaur escapes and it targets that house for some reason. So we have all the stuff in the concrete walls. There's a line in the trailer stuff. about mm, mm, being near a town. So I think it'll just make for the nearest town. Yeah. It will climb to that bedroom because apparently it's going to just climb to a bedroom for a little girl. Let's eat children. Then Chris Pratt's going to arrive and Blue's going to fight it off. Then Blue's probably going to die heroically or something. And then the final part of the fight will be on the rooftop in the rain with Bryce Dallas Howard hitting it with tranks. And how do I know this? Because the last trailer basically shows the third act scattered around the trailer in, in the wrong order yeah. in a way that's really easy to piece together. Yeah. The second act will end with the volcano going off on the island and them on the beach being like, it was a lie, it was a lie, because the organisation are doing something shady. And I want to know how Chris Pratt survives that fall. Of running from the running from the pyrocl- pyroclastic flow mm. and then diving off, like, what, 30, 40 feet? He's going to land on water. a pterodactyl or something stupid. Mm. Or Blue's going to scrabble up the mountain and up the side of the cliff and leap and tackle him to safety. <sighs> you know what? I really want to. Ha- I want to have a good time. I really want to have a good time with Jurassic World. I Fallen predict Kingdom. I will have a better time with Fallen Kingdom than I did with Jurassic World. Yeah. I think it's going to be a better slash more fun film <laughs> because it looks like it's taking itself a bit less seriously. Plus Toby Jones. Oh, and Toby Jones automatically makes things better just by virtue of being in them. Mm. So. Yeah, I'm down for that. Dobby will not hurt. Let you hurt Blue. <laughs> Dobby is Blue's friend. Um, yeah, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Our review next week. Next week, 
Before that, though, uh, we've not got time to go through everything, but we're going to have a dip into the email bag of dreams. A couple of emails. And see um, what you guys have been saying with your lips. This one came in from Putting Ian. it through your finger holes. Came in. We didn't get, didn't quite get a chance to, um, didn't get, get a chance to this, uh, to get to this last week, and uh, we're still late with it because he says, I delayed this email for the happy 100th. Well, you missed the 100th. <laughs> and then we couldn't read it last week, so now we're on 102, so you failed. Failed, Ian. Failed. Um, you failed us for the last time. Uh, Release the IREX! <laughs> on the subject of the uh, sooty and uh, picture, sooty and sweep image. Oh, yeah. That he sent us. In Ghost Stories, when he goes into the kid's bedroom and talks about all the pictures of demons and devils, he asks him what yes! he does if he doesn't want to look at the pictures, and the kid says, I look over there. And points and to the a picture, picture of Sutty and Sweet. Yeah. Yes. I completely oh, forgot about that. Incidentally, my favourite episode of Sutty and Co. was where Matthew, not not me, the other one, toured Manchester on the set of Coronation Street. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that one. And also a correction, which we got to before you sent this one on, so apologies. <laughs> Stanley's face is in Deadpool 2 when the heist happens as a camera pan flowing with the convoy. On the right side of the screen, there's a building with a huge graffiti image of his face on the side. Good. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, the huge graffiti image of his face on the side of a building. Also, it's a huge disgrace that Tom Monty ignored Nardole as a companion. <laughs> Tom Monty should be put to death. Release the IREX! Yes! <laughs> um, oh, God. I've... Right, uh, next one. Uh, this you one call, comes you in... call me many things. But... This one comes in from George <laughs> with the instruction, um, Matt, please read in the voice of an emotionally broken and worn down Stephen Moffat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, bright doggy crystal. I've finally just got home from seeing Deadpool 2, and my god, I've not had this much fun at the cinema in a long time, and I've never been happier to see X-Men Origins in my life. <laughs> and preventing Ryan Reynolds from being in Green Lantern, best mid-credits scene ever. Stitches the whole way through... Might be better than the original, in my opinion. Uh, on the subject, which is the best movie sequel, excluding Empire Strikes Back, oh. Spider-Man 2, yeah. and Godfather 2. Okay. Uh, where, would you, where would you like to see Deadpool go next in either sequels, X-Force, or other crossovers of your choice? Ooh. I was also going to ask about your opinion of Class's Big Finish Adventures, <laughs> but as you've already answered this instead, I'll ask, why won't Class, die. <laughs> Thanks once again, and have a wonderful week, you big damn boys. Oh, bless ye. Um, bless ye. Best yog. movie sequel. Terminator Two. If it's not one of those three, it's Terminator Two. <gasps> Fuck T to Aliens. Aliens is very good. Mm, although, it, although Aliens sort of Aliens and T Two sort of survive as sequels they because they the change genre genres. Slightly, yeah. yeah. Um. Gremlins 2 The New Batch but I'm biased because I, I realise that is my favourite film of all time so mm. of course I'm going to say Gremlins 2 The New mm. Batch here it's they good. grow again I mean the tagline alone it's good um, it's can good. sequels better than the original Evil Dead 2 yeah uh, yeah 2 right yeah I mean that's that sort of uh, fits the bill. are there any sequels The Dark Knight yes yeah yeah uh, uh, are there any sequels past 2 that are better than the original Thor Ragnarok very good. Those are the front of the class. Thanks. Captain, um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and, and even Civil War. I'd so say they're both better than, than First Avenger, although First Avenger is very good. First Avenger is great. Um, 
It's not Jurassic Park 3 great. <laughs> um, it's not Jumanji yeah. great, but you know what I mean? Um... <laughs> Fucking hell. Um... Hey-o! <laughs> Uh, it's mostly genre films, really, isn't it? Where the sequels can do better. Yeah, because it's not 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 many other kinds of film get franchise get franchised. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't look at um, uh, God, what's the second Bridget Jones? Uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, Edge Bridget, of Reason, Bridget Jones's Edge of Reason. You wouldn't look at that and say that's a better sequel, a better film than Bridget Jones's Diary, for example. Well, I, I, you're talking to the wrong person about Bridget Jones. <laughs> I don't. Come the fuck on, Bridget. I don't know, and I don't care. Fair enough. Missing out on some uh, some very obvious you Grant and Colin Firth acting, but you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Does um, animation get away with better sequels? Uh, I'd yeah. say Toy Story Two is a better film than Toy Story. Okay. But but only and Toy Story Three is a better film than Toy Story Two. Yeah. But I don't think any of the movies are a bad movie at all. So it's not well, like they're it's the not like they're an improvement. I think it's just yeah. that they they know what they're doing so with each new in- entry they juggle stuff better yeah um, and dog hair looks so much more improved after Toy Story 1 <laughs> that's the only character in that film that looks terrible Sid's dog yeah I watched Toy Story not long ago uh, it's aged incredibly well I think we see everything I'd watch that horror movie so play nice why Anyway, I know, I know Child's Play is about a toy that's possessed. Yeah. What about toys Always that are actually alive, alive and start murdering people and tormenting people? I would watch. Um, Demonic toys, anybody? No. 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 Uh, where would you like to see Deadpool go next? Uh, I think X Force is the way to go. Make it more of an ensemble piece because I think Deadpool being too being more front and centre in Deadpool 2 has actually actually made the movie weaker mm. yeah I mean the problem is with Deadpool is he hijacks he hijacks whatever he's in whenever he appears in other people's books the writers either use a lot of restraint and just write him with his personality being wacky or they have his his thought process invade the narrative um, it's like if you read Secret Invasion and stuff like that for example Deadpool is not like his thought bubbles aren't there his thought process isn't there yeah so you could play around with that but I, I don't know I think that I think the charm of those movies is because that they break the mold a bit so I think if you if you made it an ensemble, more of an ensemble piece with him just as part of the ensemble you'd have to at least give him like a Quicksilver-esque sequence where he gets to own it for 10 minutes maybe yeah maybe I can um, see that because otherwise you do kind of lose the biggest thing that makes him stand out in this genre but I agree though it, I, would, I would like to get to know other mutants in X-Force itself I want to get to know. And then if you want to, and then if you want to round up Deadpool, do another Deadpool film after that. But don't. But don't. Oh, that that never featured in the film, did it? The, the bit where they were saying, you probably leave it at two, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. After that. Oh, that's a shame. Probably because they cut as much TJ Miller as he could get away with. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But didn't cut him, unfortunately. Well, you kind of couldn't. No, I meant physically. Just cut him. I don't condone violence. Even in the torture scene, we were. I don't condone. I don't condone violence against TJ Miller's. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. This last, this last one comes. I, I see what you do to your emoji movie poster. This next one, you take it out regularly and beat it. <laughs> this, this next one also comes in from Ian because uh, we had a couple of backlogs built from him. That so, log, just getting to <laughs> back <laughs> logs. And um, says again, I've been instructed to read this out. <laughs> Jesus, 
in the voice that I think an anthropomorphic personification of a bunghole in time would sound like. Jeez, I'm not that at all. Okay. Uh... Keeping in mind, the bunghole in time is usually what squirts out King Covey Uranus, or whatever his name was. Oh, well. Uh, when the F-Class was rumoured, I think we all assumed it would be season two, but if it's not, I guess I don't have to listen to it. And you had had to have listened to it if it weren't for meddling big finish. That's 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 great, Ian. That's that's very informative. <laughs> P.S. I love how on the BF website it has from the worlds of BBC's Doctor Who until the title, you know, in case anyone doesn't know what it is, so I guess the full title is from the worlds of BBC Doctor Who, dark and sexy, and right now, class. Ian, I'm starting to worry about your obsession with class yeah. long after its death. You need to... Sure, the corpse has been dug up and is being paraded around for novelty reasons, but y- you're keeping such a close eye on it, Ian. <laughs> Do you have a thing for corpses? Do you have a thing for... <laughs> Do you have a thing for corpses of fictional college stu- students? Huh? Huh? The show was really bad. It was terrible. It was really bad. So what else is terrible? Um, no. I don't want to know. Okay, well, that's... I that's know called, how your mind works. That's called the cliffhanger, boys and girls. <laughs> if you <laughs> want to join us again, you can next week. Is it Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Is that terrible? No, I was going to say saying goodbye. We'll find out next week! I'm actually quite relieved to say goodbye, because I'm really hungry and I want to go get some food. I'm so tired. I've spent the last four days moving house. Oh, hopefully I'm going to be able to get some streams out towards the end of this week if not it'll be next week before Adventures in Backlogging returns post move keep your eyes peeled on at Big Damn Cast on Twitter of course if you watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or want to send us your Jurassic thoughts send them to BigDamnContact at gmail.com Jurassic Thor now there's a movie Jurassic Thor oh god Jeff Goldblum is playing both Ian Malcolm and the Grandmaster the Grandmaster is Ian Malcolm has been all along after he's ascended to godhood after his daughter becomes a gymnastics champion and goes away to fight raptors with her boots. Chaos theory. Life. Uh, 